0: All right, moms and dads, before jumping into today's podcast, I just want to put a little bug in your brain or a little thought in your head. Uh, Christmas is coming up here fairly soon, and one of the things I would encourage you to do is before it gets too late and you've already obligated your money and spent it, think about how your family is going to help uh, provide – Christmas help for other people. Uh, Think of it as a way to give a gift to Jesus over the Christmas time. Uh, One of the ways that my family is going to do it, we're actually going to be in India over Christmas, and we get to help hand out these things called Hope Chest for a ministry called Hope Givers. Hope Givers sponsors a couple thousand different children in several different Hope Homes or orphanages in India, and every year for fifty dollars uh, a child, they provide Hope Chests that have school supplies, um, clothes, a sweater, blanket, shoes, a toy, uh, a Bible. A special Christmas meal, and then they put together a Christmas carnival for the children to be involved in. And this would be something really special for your family to do too. Uh, each Hope Chest, like I said, is $50. You can sponsor one per kid in your family, or maybe one for your family as a whole, if if, uh, if you need to save up money to do that. Um, but it's just a really special thing, and I'm excited to report on that when I come back. If you would like to get involved in that, you can go to HopeGivers.org, HopeGivers.com, or um, Or if you know me personally, contact me or send me an email, jay at covenantfellowship.com to find out more and to see how you might get involved in uh, helping provide Jesus a Christmas present by providing it to the least of these among us. And this is Let's Parent on Purpose. My name is Jay Holland, and I want to thank you for joining us on today's podcast, which is for parents who want to thrive and not just survive the parenting years. Uh, Let's go ahead and jump into it. i got a special topic today I want to talk about. So Pretty early in my marriage, I came across a book that had one of just the most helpful concepts in the world in it. The book is called His, His Needs, Her Needs, and uh, I think it's by William Harley or William Harvey. You can go on Let's Parent on Purpose dot com and actually find who it is and, and what the a link to it if if you're interested in buying it. It's a great marriage book. I think the subtitle is How to Provide enough, or How to create a, an affair proof marriage. But the concept uh, that was in the beginning of the book was one of those that has just been really helpful for me in, in not just a marriage relationship, but in, in quite a few relationships. And that's the concept of the love bank. So uh, how's your love bank doing? Is it, is it full? Is it depleted? Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? Well, let me explain it to you. Um, The concept of the love bank. Um, Basically, with each person that you interact with in life, uh, you are, with every interaction, you're making deposits or withdraws in, in in kind of your own separate bank account with each each of those people and and I I don't know that love you know if you're thinking from a Bible term obviously our, our goal is agape love which would be unconditional um, selfless love and and yeah that would be the ideal but but even if you said the affection bank um, the the enjoyment of one another bank, When you're around people, you're making deposits or withdrawals, nearly every interaction with these people. And so as time goes on, those that you have more and more positive uh, – not positive withdrawals, positive deposits into that that love bank. You enjoy those people more. You look forward to being around those people more. Whereas those who require more out of you, those who um, just rub you the wrong way, or those who you're just going through negative experience together, sometimes these end up being love banks where. Either uh, there's a very short, very low account or sometimes in a, in a deficit. And when this happens, like, you just don't want to be around each other. Uh, so what I would like to do is I'd like to spend a couple different Let's Parent on Purpose episodes talking about this concept. Um, and first, let's use, I think, maybe the most natural example, which would be a husband-wife relationship. Especially because this, I really do think the, the more I go on um, – The most central part of having stable parenting is having a stable marriage. You just—I mean, there there are single parents, and I have been a single parent. I I lost a spouse and went through a time of being a single parent. I know that's the case for a lot of people for one reason or another. But ideally, I think we would all admit, at least in the ideal, there's a mom and dad in the home, but not just a mom and dad in the home, but a mom and dad that love each other and enjoy being together and feel like they're on a team. Um, so let's let's talk about them today, mom and dad, and or husband and wife, and then next time we'll talk about how this relates specifically to kids. Um, so let's start with a romantic relationship. You meet somebody, they're attractive, they're at least attractive to you. Um, you know, them being attractive alone is like a deposit into your love bank. Um, they smell good they have similar interests as you. That's, you know, deposit, deposit. At some point, maybe you find out that they like you or that there's a possibility that they like you and oh, deposit, deposit, deposit. Um, eventually at some point, maybe you connect, you start going on dates and everybody puts on their best foot, best feet. Um, when they, uh, are on those first few dates. And so you're just depositing all over the place. And so really quickly with those people... Your love bank can grow and grow and grow. And let's say that this ends up being the relationship that you stick with, uh, the one that you end up marrying. As you go along in your dating, you're still adding significant deposits compared to the withdrawals of the conflicts that you have or the distance or the fights that you have. Um, Maybe what you even notice is as you get time towards marriage, like after engagement, there tend to be a little more withdrawals than there, there were in the past because you're having to start considering hard things, wedding planning. Um, your your uh, combining of your bills and all of this, as as these things start to be considered, you find out that there's a little more negative interaction sometimes, and it can be difficult. Um, so you get married, and that's a super wonderful, hopeful. hopefully that's a super wonderful time. You get to do married people things, and that's really, really wonderful, except that sometimes those married people things are stressful. Some of them are super recreational fun and praise Jesus for them. And sometimes... It's You realize, oh, after a disagreement, I don't get to go back to my own home now. Um, I'm with this person. There's no space. They have habits that I don't necessarily like, that I find annoying, that I used to think were, were cute. Their breath doesn't smell amazing in the morning, and I never realized that beforehand. Uh, we are sharing bills, but we're spending like that we don't have to take account of the other person. and And, and it can happen to where when you're married— because you have so much more time together, because you have so much more responsibility and experience together, you end up making um, a lot more withdrawals than you did even when you were dating. Even though you have a lot of positives, they, they tend to even out some. So let's say at this point your your love bank kind of remains at whatever level it is over a course of time. Um, then let's say you get pregnant and a child's coming, and maybe there's a bunch of, of deposits in regards to um, the the joy of having a kid or uh, anticipating having a kid, but at the same time, um, maybe one of you gets morning sickness. You know, in my my wife's first pregnancy with, with our son, uh, she just could not stand the smell of coffee, and I was kind of insensitive about just really needing my coffee. Um, so, I'm I, good thing I had a good reserve of, of Love Bank at the time um, because I was making withdrawals without even really, really realizing it. Every time I would make a cup of coffee, I was making a withdrawal because of, of her morning sickness and her acute sense of smell. Uh, then you actually have the child, and life gets more complicated. And let's say you have a few more children, and all of a sudden there can you, you can start to feel like more like you are um, two roommates who share a lot of common tasks and chores, and not necessarily uh, two two lovers who are sharing life together and sharing joy. Uh, work can get more stressful. There can be times that where work just requires a lot out of you. And, and what you can find is during these times, it may happen slowly, but you're, you're withdrawing more than you're depositing in the relationship. And so over a longer period of time, I think this is why a lot of times they talk about the seven-year itch because, you know, you've built up such goodwill in the beginning of your relationship. But if you leave patterns unchecked for a long period of time, seven years is a good period of time where all of a sudden that that love tank has, has kind of dipped pretty low. And then what happens? Uh, maybe there's an unmet need. In your life, maybe um, maybe your spouse doesn't give you the compliments that you really feel like you need. Maybe your spouse isn't conscientious about time, or um, or noticing the things that y- you're doing for them, or maybe they're not conscientious about noticing when you actually put effort into to dressing up and, and looking nice for them, or maybe you feel like the only time they notice you is when you put effort into it. Um, and then all of a sudden, somebody comes along who notices the very things that you feel lacking in your relationship. And then all of a sudden, you've got this new bank account in your life with this person. And not because you had any, any intention to, but you are slowly making deposit after deposit into one another's. So maybe they just listen to you and your other spouse doesn't maybe they appreciate you and you feel like your spouse doesn't and and this I think is where the danger of affair really comes in where the danger of splitting and divorce really comes in because you know we start to kid ourselves i'm not happy and i'm just not happy because of this person and if it if it wasn't for this person i know god wants me to be happy i'm pretty sure there's a bible verse about that and and people can talk themselves into all kinds of uh, ridiculous things, where if they were talking to somebody else, they would totally be against it. But in their situation, it's the exception. And sometimes, you know, people, they think they fall out of love, and they just fell in love. We never intended this to happen with the other person. And it happens. Now, I know you probably didn't intend for it to. Um, but but I hope what you realize is, I, I think this love bank com um, what's the word I'm looking for the, the analogy the love bank analogy I think it's really powerful because you are over a long period of time making deposits and withdrawals into your marriage relationship and if you're not conscious to make intentional deposits over and over again, uh, learning their love language, words of affirmation, acts of service, quality time together. Um, what I think, you know, the I think the five love languages book is really good. Um, that's the one where you get the love languages of quality time, acts of service, words of affirmation, giving gifts, and then there's some other one, physical touch. Um, but what I have noticed in people is the greatest need that a spouse has is the unmet need. You know, if if financial security, like if, if a family is financially insecure because somebody is very, very unstable with money and spending or with work ethic to really produce for their family, then all of a sudden it will feel like financial security is the greatest need that you could possibly have. If if words of affirmation, like if if just complimenting and honoring and respecting is not happening in the home, then you can be as financially secure as possible. You can be getting your family to church every time the doors are open. Um, you can be a good mom or good dad as far as getting your kids to school and practice. But that unmet need of affirmation all of a sudden becomes the most important need. And somebody will come along who either on purpose or accidentally starts to meet that need. And you are in a lot of danger right then. But look, this is human nature. And it's very, uh, it's hard to see in ourselves sometimes, but it's but it's very obvious. You can see it coming in movies. You can see it coming in books. You can see it coming in other people. Um, so what we need to do is see it coming in ourselves. And And so if you're starting to feel in any way, like in your marriage, that your love bank is running low, um, then let me just encourage you to take these steps, all right? First off is to just acknowledge it. You need to admit it. You need to acknowledge it to one another. Um, And this doesn't have to be um, an, an accusing thing. You can just say, "Hey, I've, I've just noticed that because we're running in opposite directions and we have so much load on us, I feel like my my love bank is is running low." And that doesn't mean I don't love you and I'm not committed to you, but I feel like um, like I feel like we just need some investment in one another. That might be a good way to put it. So the first thing is just to acknowledge it and and acknowledge without blaming. Uh, you're not trying to pile on them or make them feel worse, because a lot of times this happens because you're you're going in so many directions. You feel so much weight of responsibility. It's hard to put effort into this. But acknowledge it. Acknowledge it without blame. Take the blame as much as you can for it. But just say, you know, I, I just feel like we need to put some specific attention into investing uh, in one another. And so, after acknowledging it, the second step is just to simply invest. Um, just like with finances, people generally don't get into debt in a day. And, uh, in your marriage, you probably don't get into a love bank debt in one day, unless you were just both doing so wonderfully, so awesome. And you just decide to have an affair one day out of the blue completely. But that that's not how it happens. Um, there's always a lead up to it. There's always been a, um, deduction after deduction from your love bank. So you' you didn't get in this spot in a day so don't expect that you're going to get out of it in a day you know you can plan a romantic weekend and you can be together and that's that's wonderful but um, there's a sense in which that's kind of like planning for the lottery to get you out of debt on a regular basis. Um, if if your spending is more than your income, then stop planning on the lottery week after week after week to get you out. And in the same way, if your investment in your spouse is not as great as the outtake that you have from one another, then don't think that just a weekend together is going to fix everything. Um, so here are some really simple daily or semi daily exercises that you can do that will start to add deposits back into one another's love banks. Uh, first off is just set aside 15 minutes a day with no phones, no technology, just to be with one another and share about your day. It might be, um, after you put the kids to bed or after you lock your door and let the kids put themselves to bed if they're, if they're old enough. Um, listen to each other, ask questions, encourage. It, you don't necessarily dump your entire day's problems on one another during that time, but you do share with one another. And, and if you say that you can't find 15 minutes in your day to be with your spouse, then you, listen, there's 24 hours in a day, 24 hours in a day. That means that you have 23 hours and 45 minutes to get everything else done what is of such great priority that you cannot figure out 15 minutes together? Now, let's say that you're you're traveling and you've got this bad work schedule. Um, be creative, you know, a 15-minute solid phone call, 15 minutes of FaceTime on, on your phones. Um, make it happen. Instead of making excuses for why it can't, try a different way, but, but make it happen. Uh, another real simple one is write small notes to each other. Hide your notes in places where you know they'll find them. Um, it's not that hard, but it goes really, really far. You know, one, two-sentence notes can go a long, long way. It can also—it's a great little way to, for foreplay to start at the very beginning of your day. Um, just write little notes, put them where they uh, your spouse can see them so that they're reminded that you love them and that you care about them and you're thinking about them. Um, next, schedule a date night or a date morning. Um, or, or a date lunch everybody's, everybody's schedule is different everybody's time is different and I know especially if you've got young kids and don't have a lot of money for babysitting it can be really challenging but but be creative probably at one point in your dating relationship you were kind of poor and when you're poor you don't lament that you're poor all the time you, you get creative you figure out ways around it and so the same thing with scheduling a weekly date time if you aim for a weekly date time, maybe you get one every other week, and even that is still a big win. That's great. Uh, and then lastly, this is super, super easy, and if it's not, figure out how to make it easy. Say, I love you, over and over to them. Make that a regular part of your conversation, a regular part of your being together. Give hugs. Give kisses. It's not hard. It goes so far. Um, it's just show your affection. And, and if you haven't been, then turn the switch. And if they ask, hey, what's going on? What do you want? Just say, I, I realize that I have been withholding affection, and there's no reason for it, and I was wrong for it, and I apologize, and I want to change. I want to be different. And if they can't handle that, then schedule your date. Take them out. Figure it out. Um, so these are these are simple things. Just start with that. Um, setting aside 15 minutes a day, writing small notes, scheduling a date night, say I love you. Um, once you get those things down, once you figure that out, if there's other steps that need to be taken, you are so well on your way that I'm confident that you'll figure them out. Um, Remember, all of this, obviously, is within the context of praying about your marriage, um, reading your Bible, maintaining that relationship with Jesus. Uh, The best marriage is a Christ-centered marriage. That's what makes everything grounded and stable. Um, So, recovering or, you know, doing this stuff might be hard work, but let me tell you, recovering from a divorce or an affair is exceptionally harder. So, let's get to work. That's all I've got for you today. Hopefully it's enough to get you through the week. Uh, I'd love to hear your feedback, too, on what you do to invest in your relationship on a daily basis. Uh, this is Let's Parent on Purpose. It's a ministry of Covenant Fellowship Baptist Church in Stuart, Florida. If you're in the Treasure Coast area, we would love to invite you to come fellowship with us Sunday mornings, 9:30 and 11 a.m. You can check us out at covenantfellowship.com. You can also go to letsparentonpurpose.com. Check out our blogs. Give me feedback. Give me ideas for shows, and uh, look at pretty pictures. This is Jay Holland. Thanks so much for joining us today. I want to remind you this is a marathon and not a sprint. We'll Talk to you soon.